doing, Zach Cassidy? Adam Henry, Bobby Jones. Jeff Jarrett. Joe Siddle. TJ Laramie. And Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. Yo, what's good, everybody? My name is Jake Tamora, and thank you for streaming or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. Wind City Sports is Windsor's only local sports radio show and podcast, live on CJAM 99.1 FM in Windsor and Detroit. You can hear every episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast, of course, wherever you're listening to it right now. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. Easiest way to find us is at our website, windcitysports.com, and we are part of the brand new Border City Podcast Network in Windsor. We also have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and much more. We're going to tell you how to access that and the podcast again at the end of the show, as we normally do. But today is Thursday, August 8th, 2019, and it's episode 157 of Wind City Sports. And this week on Wind City Sports, I'm actually coming to you from the beautiful Grand Bend, Ontario. I've been uh, spending the weekend and the week here, and just a little vacation yet again. But that doesn't mean that we stop the podcast, and we're always keeping up with things that's going on in Windsor. And of course, if you're a hockey fan, then um, thank you uh, for listening, because I've been doing a lot of hockey stuff lately, and this one is uh, fairly big. We have, from the obvious uh, most uh, prestige organization in Windsor, for uh, hockey from the Windsor Spitfires organization this week on the show we have their brand new general manager um, if you've been keeping up with that there is a lot of controversy actually and then a uh, big management sh- um, shift in the structure of management uh, management structure shift I guess is what I was trying to say and that ended up with a brand new general manager coming from a former player and vice president of hockey ops and business in Bill Bowler he is our guest this week on the Win City Sports Podcast, and we talk briefly about uh, that decision-making uh, scheme to make him the general manager, how it all came to be, and how his role is going to kind of going to change. Uh, and that giving, being said, given his experience, how he feels he's going to do. But of course, as always, we talk about his entire career. We talk about his playing career with the Spits and post that. And coming back to Windsor, he's not really from here, but making it his home. So we talk all about that and run through his career. And it's a good little conversation from right at the WFCU Center and the offices of the Windsor Spitfires from the brand new general manager of the team. But before we get into that interview, I just want to tell you about SeatGiant.ca. SeatGiant.ca is a ticket sales site third party just like anything else you might see online but there's a few catches to it uh, first off they include all of their fees up front and they're all in canadian dollars so when you're searching the web and they're all in u.s funds and the dollar is is uh, expensive the exchange is crazy uh, you don't have to worry about that it's all in canadian dollars and they have local events including our windsor spitfires and windsor express when they're in season but they have every every concert event uh, theater production anything that's going on uh, in Windsor and across the border in Detroit they have Detroit uh, Tigers tickets and much much more um, so check them out on cgiant.ca and the best part is you get 5% off with our code WINCITY so use code WINCITY all one word W-I-N-C-I-T-Y on cgiant.ca if you're in the market for some tickets but now without further ado let's jump on over to that interview with Spitfires GM and former player Bill Bowler here we go. So I'm here at the WSCU Center now um, with one of the greatest spits of all time, record holder for most assists in one season with 102 in 94-95. After spending four seasons with the Windsor Spitfires, he played a lot of pro hockey in the IHL and AHL, had a short stint in the Dutch League, DEL, and nine games with the Columbus Blue Jackets in the NHL, and now the Windsor Spitfires' newest GM, Bill Bowler. Welcome to the show, man. 
Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, of course, we're going to get this out of the way with the management shift uh, in the structure, I guess. You're now taking over as GM. How were all those decisions made and ultimately given the opportunity? Yeah, it's been a, you know, a whirlwind here the last little bit, but it's you know two years I've been down here working uh, with Warren Reichel and learning a great deal of uh, both on and the business side uh, under Steve Horn and then obviously the hockey operations with Warren. So uh, the transition so far, it's it's been hectic, but it's been hmm. uh, it's been a lot of fun and I welcome the opportunity. Of course, of course. And you were the, the VP of Hockey Ops and business for, what you said, two years? Correct. Yeah, so what's the big difference between those two roles like taking over as GM is day-to-day going to be completely different or is it kind of similar uh it, there are some similarities but as you know as a general manager you're more hands-on with uh with the players and and the coaches and whatnot and then ultimately a lot of the, most of the uh, decisions are ultimately yours and they fall on your shoulder so mm-hmm. that's primarily the difference uh in my previous role, a lot of it was uh, understanding the business, uh, reporting to ownership. Um, a lot of similarities, but obviously the biggest change is now when it comes to uh, player movement, player signings, player decisions, and staffing uh, within the hockey department. Uh, it, uh, Although I use a team of resources and scouts, and uh, I lean on a lot of people for advice, uh, obviously that's uh, the final decision. Is, mm-hmm on my shoulders mm-hmm. so that's pretty much that's what a general manager is generally managing everything right it's exactly Correct. what it says and i'm sure that your experience um in hockey ops is really going to be beneficial to being a gm you never have you were you gm for the vipers or? i was yeah. so yes the, obviously you i was a general manager for six years in the greater ontario junior hockey league um obviously you've been involved in minor hockey where you're kind of manager of coach or everything when you you run a minor team so it's all great learning experiences with different level of athletes and whatnot so uh, my six years in the junior b as a gm is uh, obviously very valuable and uh, learned a great deal and then getting to this level at the ontario hockey league there's just a lot of different things that you need to understand and know and being privy to certain information and uh, having access to all the information in league meetings it's again it was a great learning lesson with all the people around me and uh, the timing for this is uh, couldn't be better and I, again I can't can't wait yeah, to get sure. rolling for sure that's the hierarchy of, of hockey I guess right the higher the league the more there more uh, business there is but um, it seems like your your life is probably hockey year-round you know even in the off season because um, I mentioned you did the, the LaSalle gig and probably other stuff are you doing anything else like coaching no, obviously the now that this is uh, my role, it's strictly hockey. I've been uh, a lot of scouting in July in the Buffalo Amherst area in New York with the U.S. program. But um, yeah, you're just you know I still am on the ice a bit with a bit of skill development with certain people, but that's just uh, something I enjoy doing. Yeah. So my main focus obviously is the general manager and all those duties and responsibilities and. Uh, believe it or not, uh, they tell me July and August is a little slower, but it, it seems like it's been hectic, and I, th- I just think because yeah. of the timing. But once the players arrive, that's when the real fun starts. Yeah, absolutely. That's, it might be busier, but you might not realize it, right, because of what's going on around you. Um, but it's got to be pretty cool working for the team that you played for. But even with the, the Vipers having that affiliation, it must be pretty cool to come back to the organization, right? Absolutely. I've, you know, I left at 16 to come down to Windsor as a player, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to be a coach, and, and now I'm coming back as a in this position. So it's it's real exciting, and I'm you know I'm a spitfire, and I'm just thrilled that this is uh, 
it's come full circle. I was a young guy, open-eyed as a 16-year-old, like I mentioned, and played four years here, never uh, my full junior career. Uh, was an assistant coach, and then now I'm the general manager, so it's it's awesome. So so after you played pro, you ended up coming back to Windsor, like you had mentioned originally from Toronto. What made you want to come back to Windsor? Was it the Spitfires organization? It was. I, I When I was done playing, I was deciding what my future, uh, how it would unfold, and uh, I obviously enjoyed the game of hockey, and that was the, the path I chose. So I was fortunate enough to uh, coach the Don Mills Flyers, a midget program, and uh, we competed for a TELUS Cup. And uh, from there, the Winter Spitfires reached out to, for me to come down as an assistant coach. So uh, at that time, I brought my family down and set up roots again here in Windsor with a young family and, and got into the coaching. And that's when I was an assistant coach with yeah. the Spitfires. Yeah. So obviously, being a young kid playing here, fast forward a few years, still probably fairly young. Did you like the city? Was there anything else that appealed to you, or was it just strictly business? No. Um, when again this is now my home I've raised my children here and and so again the four years that I played here were fond memories and it that's why I'm back here and that's why again I'm still here it's uh, yeah. it's been great to me the city and the fans and the people and uh, I can't stress enough that's again why I've raised my family and um, yeah. so no it's to this day my billets the f- people I lived with for four years I, I'm still in yeah. contact and share uh, special occasions with them so this is this is home now. It's pretty cool. Very cool. I'm sure there's a lot of factors in making that decision, right? So uh, everyone's got a different story. But I heard you were like Mikey DiPietro is one of the most liked guys in the community when you played for the Spits. Uh, were you involved with a lot of stuff at that time? Or it was probably a different time, too, Diff- right? Of course. We, there's, as a player, we were expected to give back to our community, and we did as a Spitfire. But, no, I was... I don't think I was, I don't know if I ever won the community award uh, like Mikey did a number of times. So I, I did my part, but the, there were a lot more uh, fan favorites or people uh, enjoyed other people, other players, sorry, on my team more than me. But uh, I had I had a few fans. <laughs> um, so I'm sure those, those junior days were, had to have been pretty cherishable for you, right? Obviously, as mentioned, that's part of the reason why I came back. And you got to play with a lot of great players on the spits too. So I'm sure that time stands out for you. Absolutely. We, uh, at the time, you're, you're really, obviously, you're young, you're a 16 year old, but uh, you don't realize how lucky or fortunate you are. And so, for me, I was a Spitfire, and even though teams might have called or there was chances for me to leave, I was never going to play anywhere else but Windsor. And throughout my whole career, and obviously my overage season, I was a Spitfire no matter what. Mm-hmm. The players I played with, obviously, uh, some of them are. NHL stars that we know of, Ed Jovanovski and whatnot, but there's a number of great friendships and relationships that you've built through um, not only teammates, coaches, and just uh, rink staff and radio personalities, everybody. It's a, My time here in Windsor, again, I can't stress enough, was extremely special, and uh, you know, I don't want to go into every teammate I had, mm-hmm. but there's a reason why I, I did have a bit of success on the ice was um, a lot of those guys I played with were excellent hockey players but more importantly a lot of fun and we enjoyed ourselves back then absolutely man that's a, that's a huge aspect of the game too and that's why I like to do these things is kind of go back and obviously it's cool to talk to the NHL guys like Jovo like you mentioned but even the people that kind of forgot about I guess that were studs on in junior but maybe didn't go far right so I like to kind of hear their story not that you're one of them but you know like just catching up with a guy like uh, John Scott Dixon a few weeks ago same sure. thing right yeah. um, but what I don't understand so I'm probably 
a few years old when you played um, for the Spits, not to make you feel old. But uh, I don't really remember you playing, right? So how did you go undrafted uh, with the numbers that you put up? Uh, again, a different time. So I was mm-hmm. even a late OHL pick. Um, but again, there were circumstances that my older brother was an NCAA uh, athlete. Um, a lot of teams, uh, I think, assumed I was going that route. Um, I wasn't a very big man, obviously, mm-hmm. and at that time in hockey, that was a, a concern for a lot of hockey teams. So, there, again, you'd have to ask those those people what happened, but uh, obviously some deficiencies in my game. There was a lot of things, I, again, I did that I think I excelled at, but obviously people made those decisions. And it was, uh, again, a great four years, and I ended up having uh, to move on to a lot of fun places, and I got to yeah. see a bit of North America and Europe. So, uh it was a great run and now again you're off the ice you're now sitting in a management position and it's a little different but it still gives you that fire you're always competing and it's For it's sure. just a, a, a fun a job and again a very I feel very privileged to be honest absolutely and it all kind of stemmed from there too right it's just, I, and I agree with you it was, I figured it was kind of a you know uh, perception of a player I mean nowadays you would be a first ballad first rounder right um, but you did, like, you played pro hockey, as mentioned. You started off your pro days in Vegas with the Las Vegas Thunder. Uh, was the sport popular down there at the time? And were you surprised that they came back uh, two years ago? Or were you like, they're going to do well? No, not at all. I, I, I have close ties to Las Vegas. Uh, when I left Windsor, I, that's where I met my wife. Uh, I didn't know she was my wife when I first met her, whatever, 20 years ago or 24 years ago but so I still have ties with Vegas I still have family living down there and when I played there we had uh, amazing support um, to think they'd have an NHL team there back then I don't know about that but when I seen the teams move into the Southern Belt and Phoenix and whatnot I knew Vegas was just a matter of time and the, obviously with the, the support they're getting and how awesome uh, hockey's been there in, in the last couple of years it, it's honestly it's not that much of a surprise and again my family is uh season ticket holders and uh the golden knights uh have everybody excited in in the desert that's cool um so at that point obviously coming out of junior you ended up signing a contract with them assuming how did that all come to be and uh, how did you kind of make that decision at the time there was more leagues right yeah well in my third year i was offered a contract uh, after my third year in junior i was offered a contract with the nhl florida panthers but uh, it was a three-way contract at the time and at that time, uh, I didn't think I wanted to, you know, I thought I'd, if things don't work out or I may end up in the East Coast League at the time. So I decided to come back as an overage for, for the Spits. Uh, at the time, again, I was I knew I wasn't an NHL player or ready to be that, so I knew I'd be playing in the next league, whether that was the American Hockey League or the International Hockey League. Back in 94, 95, the IHL, believe it or not, was the second best league in the world. So that's that was part of the decision. And obviously Vegas was calling with a, 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 an offer that made sense. So that that's why the decision was made uh, to go to the IHL in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a great decision, uh, both on and off the ice. Yeah, um, I'm sure it was. <laughs> but that's one thing I also don't understand, too, is... Having the IHL and the CHL around, you know, it was before my time, so they didn't really have much NHL affiliation, or or was it by team? You know, certain teams still yeah. had an affiliation at that time. Vegas was an independent team. Okay. Um, 
again, a lot of great players. Uh, salaries were a little different uh, back then. You know, if you remember, uh, Alexei uh, Radigbog right. first, and then Yashin. Uh, Curtis Joseph was our goalie. Like I, the, the names were. This was an excellent league. A lot of guys uh, that were kind of at the end of their careers were were heading to the IHL to play in such places as Vegas and San Diego and San Francisco and Phoenix. Like there was a lot of excellent places to, to live, and yeah. the hockey was honestly uh, second to none. It, it wasn't the National Hockey League, obviously, but uh, what a great league! And it was honestly sad to to see it go, but a lot of those teams. Uh, Amalgamated or, yeah. or or joined the AHL and uh, the whole structure of hockey kind of changed them. But the IHL was great times and in, in great markets and a lot of fun. So by the time you're in the AHL, were you signed to a contract with uh, Columbus or how did that work? Yeah, I was uh, at that time again. I knew I had to get out of. Uh, well, I went to Houston. There, the, sh- yeah, the story could go on and on, yeah. but eventually, I knew I had to sign an NHL contract, or that was the only way to get to the National Hockey League and. And so that was the the, the decision made, and uh, playing in the American Hockey League with Syracuse as Columbus's farm team uh, is ultimately how I got to get some NHL hockey games. Okay, because that's the thing. I'm looking at your stats here between the IHL and, H- and AHL. Sorry, uh, there's a lot of big numbers there too, right? So I'm kind of thinking, where is he contract wise at this point, and why isn't he getting called up or or whatever the situation is? Again, it, it, like any player, and that the circumstance, timing. There's so many factors that uh, maybe mm. the average fan doesn't know, but especially back then um, in the IHL, like anything, if you're under contract to get somebody out of a contract, even if they're excelling, it's um, a lot of decisions are business or monetary. So. Uh, without getting into too much detail, there's uh, there's always reasons, um, but ultimately, uh, I got to play in the National Hockey League, which was a goal of mine mm-hmm. as a young man. So that being said, um, again, nine games there. What was the experience like for you with the team on the ice, off the ice, and everything? Again, a, a, a dream come true. Yeah. Your first shift, uh, yeah. you wish things went a little differently, like every player, whether it be minor hockey OHL NHL you can always do more you'd always like more opportunity do you like different situations different different um, but for me it was uh, it was a great uh, great experience and uh, can't thank them enough yeah do you remember being told like you're gonna play tonight you're on the team or yeah uh, yeah it was uh, the first call up it was uh, I just obviously the the coach told me and I remember uh, flying into New Jersey was the first game so just memorable a lot of fun and uh, thing obviously memories you just they're there forever mm-hmm. similar to your first game your first game in the OHL you, all those are great times in your life and so yeah a lot of fun yeah nothing to take back right um, tell me about your time with the Krefeld Penguins in, in uh in the Dutch league, seven games. I know a lot of people like when they go out uh, overseas. Some hate it, some love it. So, how, how did you feel about it? Uh, this was uh, an unreal experience. I yeah. I was signed actually with the Boston Bruins at the time, but I yeah. failed all my medicals. I had a hernia surgery and unfortunately wasn't the player I was. So uh, I had to um, head over to Europe. They don't at that time they didn't play back to back games, and physically this was a, a suggestion that. Maybe this was my way back to getting involved in hockey. Unfortunately, I uh, the injury was so severe that I I, I couldn't play, mm-hmm. um, and that's why the limited games. But having said that, I was fortunate enough to get an extension on some and allowed to play and played in the playoffs, and we actually won the championship in Germany uh, in Deutschland. Oh. And, 
the coach at the time, if some of you older listeners might remember, Butch Goring, Great Islander, and uh, to win that championship, knowing that my career was coming to an end and I, I wasn't the same player and skating, just putting on my gear was a, a struggle at that time just because of the injury. And um, mm-hmm. to go out like that and win a, a championship was real, real special. Um, and again, the living in a different country, uh, I met some great people and um, the lifestyle and that, it, I'm, I'm glad I stayed in North America because I got to play in the NHL, but if uh, maybe if I would have left over at 19, 20 mm-hmm. years old to go to Europe, maybe physically I'd feel a little <laughs> different. Um, but regardless, those were decisions you made. So my time in Krefeld was absolutely amazing, mm-hmm. and I'd uh, I'd recommend uh, any of our players, if he can't play in the National Hockey League, that's a, an unreal alternative uh, place to play. That's awesome, man. Um it had been a cool way to wrap it up if that was the way that you wrapped it up. Didn't you come back to North America for a year, or was that it? Yeah, no, we. Uh, that was pretty much it. I tried yeah. to keep playing, but like I said, it was physically. I yeah, just yeah. I knew I, I wasn't the same. For sure. I couldn't, uh, couldn't play the way I I was used to, and mm-hmm. and that was an unfortunate way it came to an end. Yeah. Okay. And uh, unfor or not unfortunately. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess, unfortunately, you were signed to Boston, uh, the Boston Bruins. Can you tell me a little bit about that? How did that come to be? So th- that's kind of where I went to Boston thinking I could uh, resurrect my career, and unfortunately, that's where I failed all that my medicals. That was after? Uh, yeah. Okay. And so from there, that's... So at different times in my career, I, I had some opportunities, and uh, it's just the way it is. So, yeah, I was... Okay. Doctors wouldn't allow me on the ice. Unfortunately, yeah. that happened. Yeah, for sure. And that's what I kind of wanted to... Uh, Transition, transition to next was uh, you know making that decision obviously uh, it was injury uh, driven but um, was that when it was like okay maybe I can go back to Windsor was there anything else on the board that- no at that time again you're, that was the only thing you knew was playing hockey mm-hmm. that was your focus since you were a young man to, to reach your goals and again I was very fortunate to get paid to play ice hockey um, realize the goal of playing in the National League but um at that time, when I, I I knew my career was over, then you know life uh, settled in, and I had to make some decisions. And that's when I thought, okay, I'm still a hockey guy. Let's get into the coaching, and then that's the direction I went. And uh, at the time, like I said, I was uh, in the Toronto area. That's where I was born and raised. I went back home and got involved with minor hockey just to to keep my hand in it and uh, learn how to coach. Believe it or not, just because you play doesn't mean you you can coach so I was not against starting at the bottom in minor hockey which I did and that led me obviously to being an assistant coach here with the Spits. Yeah you spent a lot of time in hockey even after your playing career as you mentioned with coaching hockey ops and been all around really especially in the Windsor-Essex area I'm sure you must really love the game then and really like you know your role is kind of giving back right? Yeah well obviously in the minor hockey that's it is, but then I, as I kept going here, I, I left the Spitz to, I had a young family, three young children, and um, obviously uh, to support them, I had to get in a different line of work with, uh, in the financial uh, industry, which I did, and uh, that was excellent, but in the while I was doing that, I still kept my hand in hockey for exactly what you said, it was, uh, I enjoyed coaching, and so I was actually with the Chatham Maroons and uh, the LaSalle Vipers, and I uh, was fortunate enough to work with great people and, and run some hockey clubs and manage some teams, excuse me, and coach. So it was a lot of fun, and it kept me in the hockey and at an excellent level of uh, 
that allowed me to obviously step into this role. Absolutely. And like you said, all you knew was playing hockey. So we're like, holy shit, I got to be at uh, work at a certain time and stay for eight hours. <laughs> well, thanks for, for taking the time and uh, letting me come down here and do this. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Okay, everybody, Drake Demore back here on the Wind City Sports Podcast, sitting in the cottage for a quick minute here in Grand Bend, Ontario. Got to get back out to the sun, so I'm going to make this quick. Uh, thank you to Bill Bowler for letting me come on down to the WFCU Center, talk some shop, and I'm sure I could have came up with a lot more to talk about, and I kind of wish I would have, but um, it's always good to talk to a guy like that. And uh, um, Very interesting, given the situation that was going on maybe four months ago more than that uh, a lot of fans upset and they have really turned it around i think that he's probably one of if not the best guy to have in that role uh so again thank you for taking the time to do that and uh without further ado we're going to talk about a little bit of sports news that we have going on in windsor not a lot of upcoming events or anything like that uh, but we have a little bit of news in regards to some windsor spitfires who are representing team canada um, right now, uh, Windsor Spitfires forward Will Cooley had a goal to help Canada's summer under 18 team open up the Halinka Gretzky Cup with a 6 nothing win over Finland in Czech Republic. I can't even uh, Breklav, uh, Czech Republic on Monday. Cooley and Spitfires teammate Jean Luc Foudy are part of the Team Canada for uh, the event, while newly signed Spitfires defenseman Ruben Rafkin is playing for Finland. Uh, another news, Windsor native Evan Rucky helped Canada to a, a silver medal performance in the baseball um, sport at the uh, Pan American Canadian Games in Lima, Peru on Sunday. Um, and we have an upcoming, excuse me, Windsor TFC game on the road uh, tomorrow night. They're going to be playing at 8 p.m. Um, actually, it doesn't even say who they're playing here. Oh, they'll be playing North Mississauga, sorry. And then they have their next uh, home game and last home game of the season next week, Friday, August 18th, against the Oakville Blue Devils here at the University of Windsor Stadium uh, Alumni Field at 8 p.m. Uh, but it looks like that is all this week on Wind City Sports from Grand Bend, Ontario. My name is Drake Demore, and uh, thank you for listening or downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast. You can hear every episode on windcitysports.com wherever you're listening to it right now or anywhere podcasts are found including spotify and apple Podcasts, or any podcast app or site just search up win city sports and we'll easily be able to be accessed on there win city is all one word or you might have to type in the win city sports podcast and the same thing goes for social media if you're trying to find us just type in win city sports or the win city sports podcast win city is all one word w-i-n-c-i-t-y if you're trying to find us, our handle, if it is applicable, where if uh, they actually have those at handles, at WinCity underscore sports. And you can follow me, Drake Demore, on Twitter and Instagram, at Drake Demore. And until next week, smell you later.